Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello out in Radio Land. This is Richard and Linda, and we're joining you for another segment of Ayers on the Road, and we are on the road today. We are on the road to Bear Lake. Uh, we actually have stopped to view Little Lake in Idaho. <laughs> We stopped to view the lake. It's and absolutely beautiful today. I'm punching Richard in the shoulder because he keeps introduce, uh, keeps interrupting me. I never interrupt you. I only, I only interject. Anyway, we are looking at a beautiful scene as we talk today. And it's very placid and lovely here, but we happen to have a daughter in Boston, a son in New York City, and another son in Washington, D.C., so no matter where that darn Hurricane Sandy goes, it's going to go right over one of our kids. It is, and that is a pretty big, wide storm. And even if you're hearing this after the fact, we hope all goes well there for our kids and all those people. I mean, they're all sitting home from school. Many of them have school-related jobs, and everything's closed down, and it really is quite a deal. Well, we know today, we're, we're doing this today live on Monday, and uh, if you hear it later in the week, you'll know that we are a little worried. As soon as we're done, we're going to call all three of them, hope we can get through and see how they're doing. We talked to one of them today, and he said, yeah, I'm all hunkered down, ready to go. And Linda said, well, have you got plenty of water? And he said, oh, water, didn't think of that. So we're a little worried. <laughs> Just a little. His uh, wife is a nurse at uh, the Children's Hospital for Oncology in Washington, D.C., and she drove the car because the subways are all closed. And she took an air mattress with her because uh, workers may not be able to get there to relieve her, and so she may be there all night. You know, though, when a disaster or a potential weather natural disaster like this comes along, boy, if, if you happen to need a reminder as to what matters most and what is your priority in life, these things sure do provide it. I mean, you get the the top of your mind, of course, is do I have anyone that could possibly be in danger? And, and, uh, you know, that have, we've had a double dose of that because we, as some of you listen regularly know, we had a little lovely little cabin that we loved that burned to the ground earlier this year. And, you know, it was tough to lose some of our things, but the overwhelming feeling was, thank goodness, none of our kids were there. Thank goodness there was no loss of life. But we all know our families are what counts. And for any of you listeners that do have friends or family or children on the East Coast, or if you happen to be listening from the East Coast today, good luck and be safe and batten down the hatches. Now, what we've been thinking about this week besides that is... The power of family traditions, because yesterday was my birthday. And for a long, long time, I'll tell you the whole story in a minute, but for now, let me just say, we have a big deal in our family about birthday traditions. Everyone in the family has a tradition on their birthday, and of course they date back to when our kids were small and living with us and growing up, and we all did all those traditions together. What's interesting and amazing and quite fulfilling, I might say, is that they all continue these traditions, even though we're very spread out now, you know. All day today I've been getting letters and cards and videos and Instagrams and photos of 
various family members jumping in piles of leaves on their own just to honor my tradition because that's what we always did on my birthday back in the day. And uh, some of them are pretty funny, like we have a son, Noah, and his wife, Christy, living in San Diego with their four little kids. And you haven't seen this one, Linda, but they sent a video, and they, they, they kind of went around the neighborhood, and they found one tree that had about 20, maybe maybe 15, yellow leaves. And they shook the tree really hard and got them off, and they had their four little kids jumping in these 15 leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and throwing them up in the air and so on. So that shows you how far kids will go to honor your tradition and to keep the tradition alive. In fact, that same son lived in Hawaii for a while. Remember this? Oh, and yeah. He sent you a coconut because he couldn't find any autumn a Coconut leaves. husk. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it really is a fun tradition. And you better tell how all that got started. Well, you know, the kids all got to pick their own tradition. And, you know, the same boy we're talking about, Noah, his tradition was to go bowling. <laughs> On November Yay. 2nd, on his birthday. But some of them were pretty creative. Sadie's tradition was to float her cake on some body of water, whether it was Bear Lake, where we happen to be today, or whether it was, you know, one time we floated in a, one of those wave pools, and they came and got after us because we were floating this big chocolate cake on a little floaty through this wave pool. <laughs> but, you know, the Not point is idea. they all had a tradition, and, and so, you know, when they were old enough, the older ones, that they could sort of have a thought or two. I'd said, What's, what should we have for my tradition, October 28th? Oh, let's do the leaves, Daddy. Let's, let's rake them up and jump in them, and let's bury each other, and let's stuff them down each other's backs, and let's just have a wild, crazy time. So I'm like, fine, that'll be fun, and... I thought they'd outgrow it, and then they never outgrow tr traditions, do they, honey? I mean, they just they just get bigger. Oh, let's have it at Liberty Park where we can get bigger leaves and make bigger piles and jump out of the trees into the leaves. And, hey, hey, Mom, can you bring a hot chocolate? We're inviting some of our friends. I mean, it just grew and grew and grew. I mean, it just became a mammoth tradition. And, you know, it really is interesting that it just, we had no idea at the time we started these little traditions that it would end up keeping our family glued together. It was really, it's really quite an amazing thing. Uh, you know, even the little girl that we floated her cake, we got that from a Tasha Tudor storybook years and years ago. And uh, we just decided that sounded fun. The crazier it is, the better they like it. And so we just started floating that cake on August 12th, which is when our Sadie was born. And then um, as she grew up and got older and went away from home and so on, brothers and sisters were calling her on her birthday or writing to her and saying, you know, we floated a, a cupcake in the sink for you today. <laughs> and, you know, all kinds of, uh, we got a cake in the bathtub or whatever. And so that they just know that they remember each other during their birthdays. It's just really a bonding experience. And in fact, um, it's really quite an interesting thing that, um, you, well, you should tell the rest of the story. Well, the rest, the re here's the rest of the story. Came one birthday, I, I forget which year it was, I should go back and figure this out, but I'd always had all my kids with me on my birthday. And then one year, all of a sudden, three of them were gone at once. Two had gone on LDS missions and one was in college, or were they all three on missions that first year? I think Josh was a freshman at BYU. So two were on their mission, and one was down in college, and so I was kind of missing them. 
thinking, well, it won't be quite as fun to celebrate a birthday this year without my three oldest kids. But luckily, a couple of days before my birthday, three birthday cards showed up in the mail. Linda wouldn't let me open them till my birthday, and I went into my den on the morning of my birthday thinking, oh, this will be so fun to see their cards or what it is they sent, or maybe they wrote a message or something. And I opened the first one, and <laughs> some of you are way ahead of me on this. It wasn't a, a card. It was a leaf, and the leaf fell out on the desk, and it was from our oldest daughter who was a missionary in Bulgaria, and it had a little Post-it note stuck onto the leaf. The beautiful, the beautiful maple leaf, or red leaf, I still remember it. And the little Post-it note said, Dear Dad, this is a leaf from Bulgaria. I honored your tradition. We were working at an orphanage, and the orphans helped me honor your tradition. Uh, happy birthday. And then th- th- that was fine and beautiful. And then the little P.S. really got to me. I said, Love, Saren, and said, P.S., don't forget, Dad, just because I'm far away, I am still part of our family. And I thought, whoa, wait a second. These family traditions are not funny little doodad things we do. They are the glue that holds our family together. And I opened the second one from our daughter in Romania, and there was another leave. And they had not talked to each other. Missionaries don't talk to each other, as you know, so there was no plan on this. They'd come to it independently. And and there was a beautiful leaf from Romania with a, a little note stuck on it. And I read that, and I was just tearing up. And I thought, wow, do I dare hope for a third leaf? And I opened the third one from a son. Now, boys are a little different than girls. But out falls a third leaf. No message, though. No note. This is just a boy. Like, I'll just send Dad a leaf. He'll know what it means. And there you go, three of them. And that's when I think we realized, honey, that boy, you better hang on to these traditions and make a big deal out of them because they are powerful. They are really powerful. And uh, we're going to go to a break in just a minute. But we, when we come back, I think we need to talk just a minute about a Thanksgiving tradition that we've had and uh, go from there. Yeah, we're waiting for the music to go to break. But I just want to reiterate and underscore all you parents, now we usually don't get too prescriptive on this show. We don't want to boss you around or give you homework or anything, but whatever your family traditions are, parents, honor them and make a big deal of them. Put them on the calendar, make a book of them, have the kids illustrate the book. Anything you can do that sort of says these things matter and we are a family and these are the symbols of our unity and of what we do together, and of who we are as a family. And before we go to break, let me just finish off the story of floating the cake, and that is that later in life we had a little granddaughter born on August 12th, which was the same day as Sadie. So now both of them float their cake. They happen to live in Phoenix with a little pool in their backyard, so they don't have to go far to find someplace to float it. But it is just so fun, and it just it, it really every year this reminds us that that the traditions really are the glue that holds your family together. And if you're saying, "Oh my gosh, I've got too many traditions; I can never keep track of them all," let us just tell you we've now got 42 of us in what we call higher realm, our big family of the grandkids and all, and they all have traditions, and we try to remember all of them. So if we can do it, you can do it. Good luck, parents, and we'll be back right after this break.
Hello, we're back. Richard and Linda, Iyer's on the road. We've been talking about family traditions and how important they are. And before we leave that subject, um, because we're coming up on Thanksgiving, we thought we'd just give you an idea or two about maybe a new tradition at your house. We, um, we Well, but wait, hang on, hang on. Before we give them a new one, let us tell you what our old Thanksgiving tradition was, because oh, I'll just bet you a lot of you have the same one. Oh, go ahead. You were going to do that one. <laughs> what, what I was going to say we used to. Um, just actually the tradition was uh, eat way too much and watch football all day. <laughs> and um, I kind of liked it. Yeah, that was fine, but not so much for the women who didn't care for football or the men who didn't care for football. But, of course, everybody seemed to like the eating part. But um, we decided that we really needed to make Thanksgiving Day a day of gratitude. This is when we were into this whole phase of we need a good... We we started thinking, and I mean, we might have gone a little overboard on it, but we started thinking if you're going to have a tradition, why not... I mean, they all teach something, which is get together and enjoy your family. But why not also have it teach a value of some kind? Well... What we did is we went down and got um, a roll of paper like you use in an adding machine, and they still have those, actually, at all the office uh, depot places. And I didn't mean to mention the name officially, but, you know, office supply. Anyway, um, so we got that, and we started the kids first thing in the morning. This is when we had little kids. We started them first thing in the morning and told them, write down everything you can think of that you're grateful for. Now, this is before they could even write. So I remember I was the scribe that first Thanksgiving, and our two little daughters who were old enough were saying, well, I'm thankful for my thumb. Well, I'm thankful for my bottle. And we were writing down every single thing that they were thankful for on this long roll of cash register paper. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was the year that uh, Les Mis first came out, and it turned out to be one of our favorite things in the world. And so not only did they mention that play, but also every character from the play, everything that had happened. They went on to doorknobs, um, <laughs> floors, carpet, you know, anything that they could see, they realized they really were grateful for. You know, they would really miss it if they didn't have it. And we'd say, now, wait, don't just say something you see. You've got to think about why you're thankful for it, you know. So, well, I'm thankful for the clouds because they give us rain or whatever. And so we're just listing, listing, listing. What did we get up to that first year? Oh, I think about 300 that first we year. Thought we, we thought, we thought, no. That was awesome. Yeah, we'll never break that record. We're up to 300 things. Well, kids are kids, you know, and the next year we had to break it. So we probably got to 350 or something. And long story short, traditions never die. We still do it. Last Thanksgiving, we had it going on all over the place and people emailing or texting in their lists. And we're trying to eliminate duplications, but we were well over, I think, didn't we get over 1,500 last Thanksgiving? Oh, about 1,200, I think. 12. But that was a lot. And the thing is, I mean, these kids grew up with this. If you've got older kids or an older group together for Thanksgiving without a lot of little kids, here's another idea we tried a couple of years ago, and that is just to have everyone write down 10 things that they really were grateful for. Unique things. But they had to be unique because if they duplicated somebody else's list on somebody else's list, 
they had to cross it out. So the one that ended up with the most unique things they were grateful for got a prize. And I thought that was fun. That I mean, was really fun. Yeah. It was just uh, 10 things, and you just think about it for a minute, and then it was fun to hear what other people were grateful for. You learned a lot about their lives during that year because of things they had written down. And, and back going back again to the early days, we'd take these, these streamers, which is sort of what the cash register tape was when it was all rolled out, and we'd hang it up like crepe paper, sort of draped over the Thanksgiving table with pieces of tape holding it on the ceiling and so on. And then we would eat our Thanksgiving dinner underneath the sort of canopy, as it were, of all these things that we were grateful for. And for us, at least, that started making us feel like, wow, this is really Thanksgiving now. We, What are we doing on Thanksgiving? We're giving thanks. And I think I think it made our Thanksgivings a lot better. I mean, there is a lot of waiting around time on Thanksgiving, you're waiting for the turkey to cook, or you're, you know, uh, you, you just have some time when you can work on that list. It's great if you put the kids in charge of it, you know, as soon as they're old enough, and and everyone contributes. If you have kids that don't have stuff on the list, they're not going to feel any ownership. Well, as you can tell, Thanksgiving is our favorite holiday. Uh, we like Christmas, too, don't we? But uh, Thanksgiving is just so awesome, the time to give gratitude. But you know what? We haven't even passed Halloween, which really, we grew to like Halloween. We didn't originally like <laughs> Halloween. When all the kids were home, I hated Halloween, trying to get all those costumes ready. And then we finally pulled things together from the thrift store and wherever we could find it, and then somebody changed their mind. And they decided, no. No, I want to be a cat. No, I want to be um, Dr. Zeus. I mean, whatever it was. It was <laughs> they, crazy. We had one that wanted to be Dr. Zeus. <laughs> that would be cool. What well, does he look like? carry the poems all around on him and everything. They, you know, they, it, but I've decided it's the most creative holiday of all, and it really is so fun to see what everybody's doing. We were just with some friends who are going to a family Halloween party tonight, and they're going as Mitten and Romney. And this woman actually has called 50, well, maybe not 50, but a lot of wig stores to get a wig exactly like Ann Romney's. I mean, that to me is going a little too far, but honestly, they are having so much fun with it. And it really is fun to see the creative. Well, and I'll bet, and Linda, I'll bet every listener has... Uh, a family tradition or two or ten centered around Halloween. It's a it's a time for a lot of traditions. So, you know, holidays are great for traditions. Birthdays are great. You can have traditions on on Sunday every week. I mean, they're just such a wonderful thing. And I, I just want to say that you can't have. I really believe this. You can't have too many traditions. Linda thinks you can. I know you think. I just think you can. Listen. We used to have this tradition book at home, and we were just about up to our gills with traditions. I want one every day. When you have nine kids and they have birthdays, just that alone, it takes a lot of time. But he said, let's have a tradition for welcoming spring. Let's the first day of spring, yeah. welcoming fall. The let's, fall equinox. I, I think that it was going a little too far, but then, you know, you think you can't go too far. So you <laughs> listeners just decide what you want to do. But we do really advocate that you formalize your traditions, write them down. Let your kids know that this is what your family is about to do, and ha- have them help you, of course, figure out these traditions. And then once they have ownership, then it becomes in cement. Well, and I think uh, yeah, I will mention one other thing that was recommended to us, and we had a lot of fun with it, and that is that 
how do you formalize the traditions? A lot of people put them on calendars, and that's good. But we got this idea from someone else, and we went and got a big book, a big leather book, like a journal, only big. How big do you think that thing is? It's probably 15 inches high. And, oh, and, and it's leather bound, I mean, and it's got these pages in that are blank. And so we had a, a sort of a spread of three or four pages for each month. And each tradition would appear there, like, you know, Dad's birthday, October 28th, jump in leaves. But then the kids part, when they were little, they illustrated the book. So here were these four or five pictures from our kids their rendition of our family jumping in leaves. And that became, okay, that's in the book. And now when when October would start and some kid would pick up this tradition book and open it to October, oh, hey, it's coming up on the tradition for Dad. We're going to jump in leaves. Or it's coming up on this or that. And I, I think anticipation of the tradition, then doing it, and then remembering it is sort of like a three-part joy. It is, and it's just a lot of fun when it comes right down to it, whether it's Thanksgiving, Halloween, or Christmas. I mean, we'll talk more about Christmas when we get closer to that because there are some really fun things that so many families have done for Christmas traditions. And, and so if you, if you, you know, all we're saying, maybe two things. If you have traditions, make them a big deal and formalize them and write them down somewhere and let kids anticipate them. And if you have some traditions you're not altogether happy with or you don't think they're particularly productive for your family, like watch football all day and eat way too much on Thanksgiving, then then think of, see if you can think, what could we do? What is this? Obviously, at Christmas, you know, you try to focus so many families we know who have great Santa Claus traditions, or we have to decorate the tree a certain way, or this is what we do with our stockings. Don't Don't stop any of those. They're wonderful traditions. But you may want to say, do we have enough traditions that really remind us of whose birthday it really is. And you may already have plenty of those, fine. But but sort of reassess your traditions and find out if they fine-tune them to where they're doing what you want. They're teaching the value you want. They're performing a service to your family as well as just being a lot of fun. Well, I think also it's important to remember as your children get older and leave home and have families of their own, which is where we are, um, some of the traditions have carried right through into that family. A lot of our daughters do the same things. And then, of course, our daughters-in-law also come from a different family with lots of traditions. And so they've combined that with what they want to do as well. And uh, we can't get too married to these traditions is what I'm saying. Yeah, they might change here. them, right. No, you're right, you're right. And um, it really is fun to see the traditions that they bring to the family. There's just so many things that you can do, and but no matter what, it makes life fun and exciting and not all get it done, get it done. You know, it's it's a different side of life that every kid needs and every family needs. And I, I think you're right, Linda, that uh, when your kids are married, or if you're a young family and you're a young couple who's just, you know, started your family, clearly you'll bring each of you some traditions from your own childhoods. And, and that's good. And you'll also want to make up some that are just distinctly your own. It's almost like a good way to say it is your traditions are going to be yours, mine, and ours. And that's good. I mean, we usually use that term for uh, second marriages when, uh, you know, a husband has some kids and a wife has some kids and they get married and then they have some of their own. That's how it ought to work with traditions. 
get the best ones from your own families that you've enjoyed as children, put them together in a creative way, and then develop some that are brand new, and you'll have yours, mine, and ours tradition. Don't you like the sound of that? I like the sound of that. Um, just before we uh, leave Halloween, I have to say that one of our traditions on Halloween was to have, and probably a lot of families do this, have every child and the mom and dad um, carve a pumpkin, and then we gave prizes for the funniest, the scariest, the happiest, the weirdest. Uh, the we made up the categories yeah, every whatever. year because everyone had to win a prize, and right. some of them were so crummy that it was like the uh, the droopiest pumpkin or whatever, you know, but just as long as everyone won some distinction. <laughs> and uh, pumpkin time is a great time. Uh, there's so much you can do with pumpkins and and uh, they're just they're just an, a limitless number of things you can do to create better, more thoughtful family traditions in your house. So uh, we had a couple other things we were hoping to get to this week, and since we didn't, let us just give you a little preview of what we're going to try to do next week on Ayers on the Road. We've spent some time over the last couple of days with some really long-term friends of ours, dear friends, who we've been friends with probably for 35, 40 years. And we had a great time because we were just talking about how it is now that we're empty nest parents and how each of our kids are doing and how well they're doing as parents. And most of us feel like our kids are actually much better parents at the age that they are now than we were at that age. And so next week, we're going to talk a little about how the problem of entitlement carries on into kids who are a little older. So we'll look forward to that. And here we are, Richard and Linda Iyer, signing off for another week on Iyer's on the Road. Bye-bye.